Amen. I'm going to invite you to have a seat and just claim that we always invite the children to stay in the sanctuary for worship on the Sundays that we have communion. And I forgot that, Maggie, didn't tell you about that. So uh, we are celebrating communion this morning. I'll say a little bit more about that in a minute, but uh, we invite the kids to stay in and participate in that meal. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer. Like growing up, that was my thing. I, I wanted to be and I blame Perry Mason. I don't know if you know that TV show, but I used to watch it as a kid. And uh, there was something so attractive to me as, as a child in my formative years to being, able to, to being able to stand up in front of a captive audience and make a compelling argument. And it always ended up that they heard everything I said and agreed with me and accepted it as a truth. I'm glad I got over that need to do that <laughs> at least the part to expect them to always accept it as the truth <laughs> and act accordingly my parents said that I always wanted to be a lawyer when I was growing up because I like to argue it didn't matter what they said I had the counterpoint I, I do like to think that as I have grown up I've softened on that a little bit I think life has a way of teaching you that you don't know as much as you think you know and then there's always space and room for another perspective a different experience that helps round out the whole of life I think every once in a while though I do still like to argue I don't know it's in my psyche and it feels good to be right and some of that's just the human condition quite frankly I think it's pride But there's a particular story in the Bible about Jesus' disciples arguing with each other. And that's our focus for this morning. Uh, that's going to be the scripture we read and consider before we come to the table, this table, for communion. And so I want to invite you to listen as I read it out loud. You can follow along on the screens. This is uh, Luke 22 verses 24 through 27 and as I go about reading it I don't know maybe if you're an arguer or you've been in an argument have you ever had an argument not this morning <laughs> although Sunday morning can be that for some folks but just put yourself in that moment or that experience you've had where maybe you were in an argument and, and hear these words of God for us and of Jesus for us today. Luke 22 verses 24 through 27. It says, an argument broke out among the disciples over which one of them should be regarded as the greatest. But Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles rule over their subjects and those in authority over them are called friends of the people. But that's not the way it will be with you. Instead, the greatest among you must become like a person of lower status and the leader like a servant. So which one is greater? The one who is seated at the table or the one who serves at the table? Isn't it the one who is seated at the table? But I am among you as one who serves now I said I think I had a penchant as a kid to argue and um, 
Well, no, my parents told me that, and it was true. And, you know, some of us, that stays with us through our lives and into adulthood, and we just sort of like a good argument, debate, discussion, however you want to phrase it. But, um, but then there's arguments like these, church arguments. You ever been in a church argument? Well, that's a different breed. Or a Christian argument, you know, different rules of engagement. Usually whatever you say, you're going to try to say it with a smile on your face, no matter what's behind it. Or, you know, the cussing is at least at a minimum. Try to keep the volume level down. If you can throw in a quote from the Bible somewhere in there for bonus points, you're doing good. Unfortunately, I mean, church arguments are a thing. I've been party to them or privy to them. And that's what this is. This, this story in the scripture, is a, it's a church argument. It's an argument amongst the followers of Jesus, the very first ones. I, I don't know if that's disappointing or reassuring to know that even the people who sat with Jesus himself at the table still argued with each other. In fact, in this story, we started at verse 24 in Luke chapter 22. If you go back and read verse 23, it says there they were arguing about something else. So literally in the two verses, verse 23 and 24 of Luke chapter 22, it says the disciples were arguing in verse 23 and then you go to 24 and it said, then they argued about this. The, 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 the verse prior, verse 23, it says they were arguing about Jesus' comment at the communion table that the one who would betray him, and we know the story, the one who would turn him over to the authorities to be arrested, which would lead to his prosecution, his abuse, his crucifixion, and so on. He said in verse 22, the one who's going to betray me is at this table. So verse 23 says they started to argue about who that was going to be. Who among us is going to betray Jesus? And then in verse 24, it says an argument broke out amongst them about who was the greatest. They went from arguing about, okay, which one of you is going to sell Jesus out to, okay, now which one of us is, is really the most important, the most influential, the one who understands and follows Jesus most correctly, the one who deserves the place of honor in his kingdom. Argument, argument. At the communion table, that's the thing that blows my mind. And I mean, it wasn't communion for them, right? This was the Passover meal. So this was the meal that Jewish people celebrated and celebrate every year to commemorate their delivery out of captivity and slavery in Egypt. How God had set them free as a people and and turned them toward their destiny who he created them to be. Just like the freedom we sang about this morning. God had set them free and they had this meal every year to remember that, to celebrate that, to give thanks for that to claim their place in God's kingdom and sitting at the table for that purpose they started bickering with each other arguing over who was it that was going to betray Jesus who is it that gets to be the greatest among us 
And then Jesus, and this is the Jesus way. And then Jesus, in the midst of their argument, said, hold on. Listen, the, the, the kings of the Gentiles, and, and read in there the secular world. I mean, people who, who don't claim faith or people who aren't about knowing and, and following Yahweh God, and, and we would read into that for our context today, people who are operating outside of a faith construct who who don't believe or follow in Jesus. He he was pointing to people who weren't with him and and following him and living lives of faith and saying, listen, those kings of the Gentiles, that's the way they operate. They, They rule over people. They live for power and authority to, to be the greatest, to be the one who gets to make the decisions, to have influence. That's what life is outside of the kingdom of God. And, and then the people that they lord over look to them and call them friends. And, and it's in quotations in there. I mean, really, that friends of the people would be a phrase we might use today and call it a philanthropist. Somebody who, who climbs to a position of power or authority or influence or wealth and then does some nice things for people on the side and we call them philanthropic because they give back. I heard somebody say one time, if you're giving back, then maybe you took too much to begin with. (laughs) But Jesus said, look, that's kind of the way of the world is to to climb into those positions and, and to live for that and to find that place of power. And then say you're gonna use it, you know, for the betterment of other people. But he said, it's not that way with you. So again, hear it today, followers of Jesus, people on the Jesus way, it's not that way with you. And there's something in this teaching that is offensive to human nature, that is offensive to the way we structure society and culture, the way we function, the headlines that we read, There's something about this Jesus way that is completely offensive to that that says no. Rather than be the one at the head of the table or at the top of the org chart, rather than live to be the one who is in power and has influence, the life of Jesus is one of service. Stepping away from the table to make room for others and then to provide and care for others. And there's something in this that that I think actually intuitively makes some sense in our spirits. Because, frankly, living a life geared towards gaining influence and power and authority is exhausting. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally always having to have a counterpoint always having to have the answer or be right or be on top always having to be the one who can get their way and use their influence to convince and set things up just the way they want them to go and always making the the perfect I do think Perry Mason lied to me 
He made it look so easy and always did it in a three-piece suit and a cigarette in his hand and was never wrong and, and seemed so chill about it. Man, that, pursuing that kind of position and place in life is exhausting. Where I think taking the place of a servant, particularly in the context of the way that Jesus is talking about it, is actually freeing. Is life-giving. Which I think, by the way, is why in church life, so many people would rather be a part of a ministry or an effort or an event or an activity to serve than go to a committee meeting where they can vote on things. Because I think there's something in us that resonates with what Jesus is saying to his disciples in this story. Now don't get me wrong, we need people in the church to lead. And to lead from that place that Jesus is describing in this story. A place of servanthood. One of the commentaries that I read about this passage, the the writer said that Christian authority and influence is actually found in service and humility. And folks, that's where Jesus flips the script on the world that we live in and invites us, calls us to be people who would serve at the table rather than be seated at the table. And what a beautiful image to help us understand that. Anybody who's ever sat at a table and been served their meal knows exactly what I'm talking about. I've actually heard it said, you can tell somebody's character by the way they treat the wait staff at a restaurant, the servers. So here's my plug one more time. Occasionally I come around and say this. Uh, if you're out to eat somewhere and there's somebody waiting your table or serving you and you have the opportunity to give gratuity or tip, be generous. And if the service is not up to your standards or up to par or there's something wrong with it, tip more. There's a really good chance there's something going on in that person's life that has put them in that frame of mind to function that way and you might just be able to help turn that tide. First time I ever said that in the sermons because I'd sat down and talked to some people in my church who had served tables in restaurants and said the worst time to work was Sunday lunch. You got the most grief and you got the smallest tips and it blew my mind. And then, but I had it confirmed with anybody I talked to who had done that. And, and so I made that a part of my mission when I get to stand up and talk to people and they're gonna listen to me as a captive audience and, and believe what I'm saying. I've just encouraged people, be generous when you give. Because think about that experience that you're seated at the table and they're attending to your every need, bringing you whatever you want while you enjoy and have your needs met and your belly filled. And so Jesus uses that image while they're sitting at the Passover table, what we would call the communion table. He uses that image for them to understand what it means to follow him and to be a part of God's kingdom work. It means to see ourselves not as the people who are seated at the table to be served, but to see ourselves as the people who are at the table to serve. 
And before you hear that as a lowly calling, because in some sense it is, that position, the person who is serving the table was really the lowest on the, the status chart. This, this would have been the person at the bottom who served the table. But before you hear that as making less of yourself or, or meaning that you have little importance or you shouldn't matter, when Jesus talks about serving, when the scriptures talk about serving, especially in the New Testament, that word in the Greek, diakonos, doesn't just mean to wait a table or give somebody whatever they want. It means to minister to the needs of others. So what Jesus is calling us to is not just this, you know, you don't matter, give other people, let them have their way and give them whatever they want. What he's talking about is that we find our place at the table, we find our place in life ministering to the needs of other people. That we see that as our primary role in God's kingdom and in this world. talking about the leadership of this church we've had some of the leadership of the church this year get together a few times to think big think about the vision of our church where we're headed especially coming out of this pandemic in a lot of ways we're restarting things I mean this worship service we started this maybe about a year before the pandemic hit just to even get it started and get it going and try it so in a very real sense we're restarting this as we can be back together in person and, and without masks and but as our leadership looks at our entire church and what does it look like to restart the life of this congregation and ministry and, and they spent time thinking about that and coming up with ideas and experiments to understand who we're going to be and what the role of the church is in this community. The ideas that have bubbled to the top is we need to first look outside the doors of this church and see what are the needs of our community. So there's actually a meeting today a lunch meeting and I'm going to open the doors of it and invite any of you that want to be there because now that we've identified here are the things that we want to do we want to go and understand our community now it's time to put action to that okay how are we going to go about that work how are we going to go about that planning and so if you don't have lunch plans or even if you do and you want to cancel them I know you were planning to go somewhere and be served but come have lunch with us we'll have pizza and we'll talk about what does it look like for each of us to be a part of that work to help understand the needs of the people living around us and how we as a church, how we as the people of God can help meet those needs. How we can take that place at the table that Jesus called us to. That Jesus blew the minds of his disciples. They were so busy trying to figure out who understood what he was meaning the most. Who knew the best way to follow him. Who knew should make, how, who should make the decisions. How they should spend their money. And Jesus said, whoa, 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 whoa. Why don't you just come over here with me. Let's look at the needs that are around us and put ourselves about the work of meeting those needs in every way, shape, and form. And that's the work of the kingdom of God. And the beautiful thing is, the church is a great place to practice that. We can practice that with each other. We're all in here with that sense, with that concept, with that calling to be on the Jesus way. And so we can practice together serving others ministering to the needs of others of each other and the people outside the doors it's nice to have a place to practice that because you get out there with the kings of the gentiles and you practice that you're gonna take some licks god help us let's let's 
take as few of those in here as possible as we serve together and serve one another. And that's why this morning we're gonna share communion together in a little bit of a different way. This may put you out of your comfort zone just to touch and I'm, I'm okay with that. Like I, my, I, my comfort zone is shrinking with every year. But we're gonna serve each other communion. We're, we're gonna practice what Jesus was preaching, quite literally. And so in a minute, we'll pray a blessing over our communion meal, which is these uh, sanitary, self-contained juice and cracker cups. Uh, we're, we're still using these for right now as opposed to the loaf and the cup, common cup that we have used in the past, which I hope will be coming back soon. But for this morning, we're gonna use these and if you haven't used them with us before, you know, I mean, on one side is the cracker, you peel it and you can eat the cracker. On the other side is the juice, you peel that and you can drink the juice. And so what I'm going to invite you to do is come and take a spot. There's place settings. There's eight at each table, four on one side, four on the other. I'm going to invite you to come and take one of the spots. So we'll get eight people at a table and serve each other communion. I'd really love it if, if you'd be willing to stand across the table from somebody who maybe isn't your partner or your child or you know, the person who's on the pew with you. Maybe you bring your pew on one side and let people get on the other side and we'll serve each other. And just to help ease the questions a little bit, how about everybody who's on this side of the table facing out will serve first? Just take one, hand it to the person across the table from you and what you would say is written on the table right here. Because this is the body and blood of Christ given for you. Just hand it to the person across the table from you. And then once they've received it, taken the cracker and eaten it and drank the juice, then they'll take one and hand it back to you and say the same thing back to you. And we'll serve each other communion. And then you can, if you want to stay and kneel at the altar rail over on the ends and pray or go back to your seat, whatever you feel comfortable with. And if you don't want to do this, it's fine. You don't have to. I'll be up here if you'd prefer for me to just serve you communion. I hope you know that in this church, this communion table is open to any and everybody. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church. This is Jesus' table. And he invites all of us to come to it. So we're going to serve each other communion this morning. And in the spirit of the words of Jesus, that when we come to the table... We come as one to serve, not to be served. Would you let it be that experience for you and the person across the table from you? They're serving you in the way of Jesus. And you're serving them in the way of Jesus. And God help us, don't let it stop here. Because Jesus has set this table big and calls everyone to his table. Invites everyone to know what it feels like to have their needs ministered to in the name of Christ. Oh, that we would take this spirit out of the room this morning and from this table and take it into 
our church life, our committee meetings, take it into our homes, our places of business, our schools, take it into our lives with the same spirit of the servant and the model of Jesus. So I ask you if we can pray for just a minute. We're going to pray a blessing over this meal before we share it and then We'll have some music playing and, and you'll be invited to, to just come. Take your place at the table. It may be a little odd or awkward to negotiate it and figure it out. And who's... But man, that's life too. Boy, that's church life and especially right now. It's a little awkward, but we figure it out together. As we go to pray a blessing over this meal, I'll also say that we've got baskets out over here if you've brought an offering in the room and want to give it. As you come, you can put it in the baskets. and So we'll pray God's blessing for our offering too. But when we come to the table of Christ, when we come to the communion table, we come with a spirit of confession, admitting and acknowledging. Oh God, we haven't always been who you created and called us to be. We come up short. We make it about winning or having influence or power, being right. We forget or neglect or even take advantage of others. Oh God, we confess that. For ourselves, for our church. God, we give thanks. That in Christ we are forgiven. And God, we give thanks for the bread and the juice that is for us this morning, the communion meal that is for us this morning, the body and blood of Christ. Oh God, would you bless these gifts? of bread and juice, that they would be for us, that they will be for us, the body and blood of Christ. So we can be the body of Christ for the world redeemed by his blood.